Welcome to the Queers Podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. And this is Ali. And we have a guest on who we've wanted to have on for years now. Um, Rana, who we met at Yellow Punk. Um, well, I was it 2018. We originally met or 2019. Um, 20, either way, a while ago. <laughs> I think 2018. Yeah, 2018 is when we met. And then Nadia, you were there at the 2019, 2019 one. Yeah. Um, after that long intro, thank Would you. Would you like to introduce yeah, yourself? Sure. Thank you. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Rana. I founded Yellow Punk back in uh, 2017. It was an idea in 2016. Um, it was my way of finding other people who are uh, queer and Swana like me. There must be other people who are experiencing the same things I'm experiencing and maybe we can all get together and talk about this stuff and have a better lived experience. I don't know. Um, yeah. But the focus was on the arts because people tend to have an easier time talking about things when there's art, music, film, fun stuff involved. And I found that to be the best way to create community after tragedy, because the first time I used that as a method was back after the Virginia Tech shooting when I was an undergrad mm -hmm. in Virginia, um, which I think is was really important for learning how to create experiences to move on after tragedy. Yeah, I have to say Yellow Punk, and I'm not being dramatic, Yellow Punk was extremely transforming. Um, I've heard that from several people because um, prior to that, I did definitely, and that this is what spurred the podcast too. I felt like very alone in many of my identities and like the crossing or, you know, the crossroads of those identities. And uh, Yellow Punk was the first time I met others, uh, like so many other people with uh, shared identities. I mean, I spent basically the next three years gushing about it on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We had a couple episodes about it. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, it is amazing how much has like, has changed in that aspect. And there's like really solid online communities now, um, back in our day, um, around 2017, 2018, it was a totally different reality. Can you talk a little bit about how Yellow Punk evolved from like the first little seed? Um, you talked about responding to tragedy and like there's always a tragedy to respond to, but kind of um, what grew out of that and how the focus has shifted and even um, what Yellow Punk as an, as a entity is doing now. Totally. Uh, well, and I, I mean this, I, I feel like um, Yellow Punk has sometimes been the best and sometimes the worst thing that's happened to me. Mm -hmm. I found a lot of meaning through Yellow Punk, through the people I met through Yellow Punk. It was created around the time the Muslim ban was being introduced. And mm -hmm. there's just a lot of anti-Muslim, a lot, a lot of anti-Arab, um, also Swanda backlash before uh, you-know-who was president. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a really tough time, I think, for a lot of people, a lot of loneliness. And that was one particular obvious tragedy at the time that I really felt the need to respond to. Yeah, but it was kind of terrible for me in some of those years because I felt like I needed to kind of keep a well-adjusted um, front <laughs> in a sense while I was also, uh, you know, working on my own identity, uh, figuring out my gender, uh, figuring out um, how I fit into this world in general. And I actually started seeing a therapist regularly after literally two months after Yellow Punk became a thing. I needed to go to a lot of therapy because of experiences of Yellow Punk, because one, I was being asked a lot of questions from people I'd never met before. Mm -hmm. People that I 
sought validation from, honestly, at that point. And uh, was kind of like, wow, I never really thought about that myself. And then uh, another mm -hmm. piece of it was, I think Yellow Punk was kind of seen as a service provider in a sense. Yellow Punk is just really me. Uh, it was kind of my own curation, yeah. my own gathering of people. And and there is some, um, I mean, thankfully now we are uh, officially 503 nonprofit. That is kind of the rebirth of Yellow Punk post pandemic or post beginning of pandemic because we're still in a pandemic. Um, but I think the idea of it being a, a service provider, like a social services organization that was the impression and that was never Yellow Punk, uh, Yellow Punk's mission took a huge toll on me emotionally where I felt like I was constantly failing people every day. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes when you're like the only person like repping out there, sometimes that's like everyone expects you to be a leader for everything, you know? And that's gonna be super hard. Yeah. I was, it, you know, in it, therapy saying that it was just emotionally debilitating for me sometimes to continue the work. And I remember one therapist said, just, just quit, just end it. I said, mm -hmm. I can't, I really can't imagine my life without it now, but I am grateful for all the people I've met and the people I will continue to meet. I have better boundaries now. So <laughs> I feel like people ask me for something. I don't always have to say yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if like you identified as a community organizer or more of like an art curator, but if, if in some way peripherally you end up in that community organizer role, like it's, it's a tough, it's a tough role. I don't know anyone who's yeah done like serious organizing work and ends up totally okay. It's so which is really fucked up. And it's so thankless in so yeah. many ways. I mean people just my, expect you to become a superhuman. Yeah. My background is really in just booking punk shows when I was 16. Mm -hmm. I booked a lot of house shows. Um, and that was like where I had the most fun. I never actually called myself a community organizer or an activist or any of those things. I feel like I was shoved into that role yeah. and just had to own it when I didn't really know much about it yeah so. yes yeah, a lot and um and also the fact that yellow punk festivals were a weekend it was just like so much intensity and in such a short I mean obviously there was so much planning leading up to it but then the intensity of the weekend just like packed into a few days and people forming these really intense bonds all of a sudden and there's a lot of like beauty and magic in that and then the complete opposite there's like it's a disaster in many ways um and it's like you having to kind of absorb all of that um is more than any one person is able to i mean no one has the capacity for for that to hold all of that um yeah and i get that like when you organize an event like this or even volunteer at it uh you don't get to have fun when you're work like actively working you're basically yeah um, in crisis management the whole time because you know even like even if you're part of an organization that's done the thing for years it's like there's always something that needs to be done mm -hmm. uh like remember when i we were asked to like help with the AV at Yellow Punk at one time. So yeah, that was a that was a disaster. I apologize uh, for that time. I mean, <laughs> we had like a great host of uh, volunteers that would volunteer every year. But you know, when you're volunteering, yeah. you're still volunteering, right? It's not like it's not like your job, right? Mm -hmm. Which makes perfect sense. Those are great boundaries to have. 
Um, but you all really like really tried. <laughs> and then we realized that computers these days don't have CD drives. So that's right. Yeah. Because oh, we were trying to was it we we were trying to play a DVD. Was that what it was? Film yeah. screening. Yeah. And we were trying to do it and we were expecting screening space and we basically had like one wall of an art gallery that was nowhere near big, big enough. Yeah. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, just stuff like that. It's like constant. You're having to constantly improvise. To be totally transparent that year uh, with all the immigration stuff happening, I thought I was going to get deported. That was before I became a citizen. Mm -hmm. uh, and because I've heard stories about, pe I had heard stories about people getting deported around that time um or yeah. just having, like um statuses revoked or something so for me i thought i needed need to do this now or never it's never gonna happen oh so. wow well, yeah but the end result was like for at least for me it was like it was just it was basically disneyland for me aside from like the the, the volunteering panic part yeah. and i'm still talking with people i met there so that's how cool yeah I, I wear this shirt all the time and people ask me what it is um but, and yeah, I mean, I guess now, you know, it's kind of morphed into so many, there's so much more to Yellow Punk than the festival. Um, do you want to talk about like the other aspects of it? Yeah, definitely. So I honestly don't think the festival will ever come back at the length Aww. that it, it has been. Um, I think that's a lot of scheduled time for people. And I think having like a day and a half or two days to celebrate together is good enough. Um, because yeah, I want to make sure, yeah, this uh, funds being raised. Um, I want to make sure that artists are paid um, equitably, um, and I want mm -hmm. to make sure that it's um, um, not. I I don't want to sound like a art cliche, but like it's more of like uh, quality over quantity in a way, where like uh, yeah. not in the curation sense, but more in the experience sense of the artists. There are less artists. Um, I can take care of less artists so much more than a lot of artists yeah. in town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so there's there's some um, the festival that will still happen 2024. Already started planning. Uh, uh, location is uh, TBD, but pretty sure I have a pretty good idea of where. Um, and then. There's also the annual art exhibit that I only got one year out of in 2019, uh, where a lot of there are a lot of um, people involved with Yellow Punk who create art, um, whether it's video or physical art or sound art, uh, not like band music, but like more of like sound collages and things like that. Um, and I think that was really important to highlight um, in an exhibit all in one place. Um, I know Vox Populi was amazing, and the then executive director, Danny, uh, worked with me um, to install that show. And then there was a very short-lived instrument library um, that required a lot of me bleeding a lot of, uh, uh, bleeding my budget, my personal budget, <laughs> to keep up. Oh. Um, people borrowed some instruments. The hope was that people would um, start bands and completely oh, okay. so that was a really cool short-lived idea in 2019 and then there was also the pop-ups we would have people would ask us and say hey we would really like for yellow punk to like show some presence of uh a presence at one of our events um and share some talent so um 
those are always kind of tailored to whatever venue it is. Um, and then there was also a language conversation group. One year we had a really good budget thanks to a grant from the Knight Foundation um, mm -hmm. that helped us create a program um, for a language conversation group for people to stay in touch because people sometimes won't be able to speak the Swana language that is um, their families speak because maybe they came out and their families don't really want to talk to them anymore or it's not really safe to like call home and, and practice the language. So the idea was to find somebody who wanted to um, kind of preserve the culture in a sense and learn more about the language um, that they would like to speak. That program was piloted for, I uh, would say maybe six months. People really enjoyed meeting each other and I've been wanting to have it again for a while, but it, it the time has not come because we, we do need a bit of a budget to run that too, actually. Um, so Ali and I were conversation partners in that program. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I and didn't know we didn't, Yeah, we didn't even know each other uh, that well. I mean, we, we didn't talk to each other, but we, like- We knew each other by then. Yeah, but yeah. not super well. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, we could not talk to each other at all because I was, uh, we were Arabic language partners and <laughs> I was like speaking very colloquial Shami and Ali <laughs> was speaking like whatever you learn when you take- beginner Arabic yeah <laughs> it was like this is the, really the diagram had a very small um yeah in inner part but we did like hang out with each other yeah. had a really good time and like looked up different and looked up words yeah. and stuff yeah I, I remember some of the other pairings and I remember them talking about how yeah. they, they, they became friends through yeah. that um, so that was just like oh, a yeah. real cool thing yeah. that happened in there yeah <laughs> I love hearing that that's awesome because the goal was for people to stay in touch throughout the year uh on right. festival off uh season so yeah this podcast is a yellow punk success story <laughs> <laughs> yes I love that it is you too can you I don't know what go to yellow punk and have a podcast yeah <laughs> um but yeah, the first time we went to Yalapunk, uh, at least Ellie and me, it was like very shortly after we started the podcast. And so that was a that was a cool crossover for us, too, because we got to record and meet people that way. OK, and then after the language conversation group, um, then what other like components have there been in the organization or like projects or? Well, when the pandemic hit, it was tough to meet in person. And that was like the essence of Yellow Punk was organizing in-person events. So yeah. um, I have always wanted to experiment with the idea of an art residency or a fellowship of some sort, because um, a lot of Swana artists I've known um, have done residencies in, in different um, programs. And it seems like sometimes there's a lack of gender competency and cultural competency where people are are requested to like um I don't know include some like uh uh hijab references in their work or like camel references or like pyramid references you know just kind of embarrassing honestly like, I can't imagine a, a residency director actually mentioning those things as like well where's your culture coming through here you know why isn't um, the camel wearing a hijab? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <climbing up here. laughs> yeah. 
I have a sudden craving to see um, hijab covered camels now. <laughs> I'm sure they would be cute as hell. They would be. <laughs> we kind of wonder where they tie it because their necks are kind of yeah. That I feel sounds like adorable. This is this is that meme, like if a dog were to wear pants, like what part Aww. of the dog would be covered in pants? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I thought, okay, pandemic, we can't really meet in person. Um, let's all meet on Zoom um, and let's like pick four artists that are kind of like in the yellow punk sphere during the pandemic that uh, were in the area when uh, yellow punk was based out of Philly. Let's let's work on some projects. Let's uh, set some goals for an art project and I will introduce them to literally everybody that I can think of that can help them. But also I will bring people that I admire and respect that have expertise in um, arts in general uh, and have them speak to these artists and, and kind of give them advice, uh, kind of like a, a round table, so to speak, like once a month. Uh, so we had the Yellow Punk Community Kitchen. That was so much fun that um, uh, was delivering food to community organizers during the uprisings uh, that didn't feel safe, really going to get food and things like that. That was awesome. We had some awesome yeah. volunteers drove the food around and then delivered it to their homes. We also had uh, one amazing art fellow um, designed our um, logo because uh, it was like a, it was a kind of an old logo that I, I kind of made in a couple hours on the internet uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Tracy Shahwan, an uh, amazing artist. I'm so glad we got to work with her. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, Elisa Alduhi, everybody knows them. They have been curating the comedy portion of Yellow Punk. Uh, actually got a grant. Uh, we, we got a grant together to work on a TV show called Sabah al Khara. Wow. And it will be released this year. Really cool. That was born out of the fellowship program. Oh, because wow. awesome. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Do you know when this year? Uh, we are trying to work as fast as we can um okay, we're trying yeah, to find so. different venues to kind of uh have like uh a, like a debut yeah so um so but now that we're kind of headquartered in uh new york mm -hmm. uh we'll definitely have an event here uh we'll have an event in philly uh awesome. and we're hoping to like you know have events where community uh we know community exists mm -hmm. yeah it'd be really cool to have an event in detroit area oh um, that'd be awesome yeah yeah cool because i was about to say like you know new york gets all the best events it's like but you know I, I, I'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling a little deprived here is all you know, i mean philly philly got lucky for several years yeah philly yeah. slash funding arts funding uh by three million uh in 2020 or damn and that was a pretty clear sign for me that yeah, yeah. there isn't a lot of support there at that point yeah. in time. And I started looking into different ideas. And I definitely know that trying to find like a lot of donations or like a big donor is a nightmare. Yeah. I never signed up mm -hmm. for the fundraising part, but it was necessary. <laughs> so. mm. 
have to make it happen somehow. I, I always hear like people who are working nonprofits, like the first thing they do, like once they get enough donations is basically to hire a grant writer. Yeah. Um, I had to learn how to do grant writing actually, uh, because okay. I was thinking, all right, well, we can't sustain ourselves on GoFundMe. Because yeah. GoFundMes are always like, they're usually just a burst of, okay, there's a bunch of support coming in and then it also, I mean, and this isn't bad for everything, but it's kind of like I've said about arts GoFundMe, sometimes everybody's just passing the same 20 bucks around in a circle, you know, because exactly. like, everyone's friends are also artists. So like, it's like I'll fund your project, you'll fund my project, but there's not really any. But also up. GoFundMe is America's new health insurance. So I feel <laughs> yeah. bad about asking for money to uh, release right. a TV show yeah. when somebody's yeah. like, I need a kidney transplant uh, on the same uh, website. Yeah, know? it's weird. Oh my God. Are you yeah. popular or connected enough to survive? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Or I also think about this often. How much money has GoFundMe made from top surgery? Uh, right. A lot. Yeah. Things like that. It's Some like cancer. It's, basic, it's basically surgery. a tax on people who can't afford um, surgery because if I, they, if I remember right, they usually take a percentage. Yeah, they do take this. They do. Yeah. So, I think it's like 15, 20%, maybe. So that increases the, the amount of money that they need to raise proportionally then. So mm -hmm. if, if that's our health, like GoFundMe has the unfortunate effect of making healthcare more expensive for those people who need it. Yeah. It's also just weird that it's a popularity contest, right? Like yeah. you can have surgery if you have enough followers. Like, right. what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah. That part is really sad. Yeah. I wish I could raise enough money for Yellow Punk to make it literally free for everybody yeah. to go to the fest and have a great time. And we do have mm -hmm. a no one turned away due to lack of funds policy, mm -hmm. sliding scale. Yeah. Of also, like, we secretly give away a bunch of tickets all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, though, even even if you do have a policy, people are just going to feel like they're not entitled to go or that, or if they don't know about that policy, they're just not going to show because they're like, I'm, I'm broke or worse, you know, they mm -hmm. can't afford to take the time off to do it. That's so. true. Mm -hmm. Well, that's and that's, that's cool that, you know, the next festival will be maybe a day, day and a half. And, you know, like maybe work won't be as much of a hurdle anyone's That's a funder listening yeah. to this podcast i mean we're, we're still waiting lots for, of money yeah we're still <laughs> waiting for that one you know queer saudi princess to drop all that money on us but like there's hundreds of potential ones so can't one you can be an honest can't, it's can't one of them be listening to us um, it's like yeah it's like i know one of them has like spends like 30 grand a month on their steam account can't they just drop a little of that here exactly yes you can anonymously do that <laughs> or maybe spending it on like pokemon go you know mm -hmm. yeah 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 exactly um so outside of yellow punk um what else have you been up to um i work for uh the new york public library now and it is an awesome place to be i'm really happy to be there uh love uh increasing access to uh media cultural artifacts 
things like that. Um, yeah. So that okay. kind of is directly related to yellow blanket away. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. I also have been going back to DJing. Uh, DJing is something I really enjoy. Uh, kind of how I started my <laughs> curation, uh, bringing people together. And I'm also in the process of starting a band again. So oh, sweet. sweet. things that I'd like to focus on. Uh, I don't think a lot of people from Yellow Punk know that I also make art or music. Uh, because <sighs> yeah, you weren't I, able to, you weren't able to focus on that, like, yeah. in the context of Yellow Punk. Yeah. I'm trying to be a little bit more selfish now and focus on creating. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> what kind yeah. of band? I would like for it to be a goth band, but who knows what's going to happen. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what's, uh, what's your main, um, what's your main instrument? Would you say I am my main instrument? Um, I love yeah. synthesizers a lot. Uh, so oh, I actually cool. have a noise project, um, called Tajine dream that I have been yeah. uh, playing, uh, under that name since like 2018. It's like all synth, contact mics, a drum, my voice, my, uh, harrowing, like, uh, guttural voice. Um, I call it uh, horror soundscapes uh, type oh, of music. I, love that. I would love to score a horror film. If anybody's listening and they need a, a horror film scored, I'd love to do that for you. So cool. I mean, I, I was going to just throw in a joke about saying, wow, another trans synth artist. Awesome. <laughs> I know, right? I feel like, uh, like trans non-binary noise artists are like uh, the new norm in in that genre so. i'm here for it love it yeah okay. do you watch a lot of horror stuff? i don't that's the joke i actually i'm scared okay. of like a lot of horror films uh because i feel like we already live in a nightmare yeah we it. do yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but i i feel like um i don't watch horror films but i appreciate like uh not to sound um not to sound uh uh snobby but I kind of like like the uh, art house films that convey the idea of horror, but don't show the gore mm -hmm. or the blood, mm -hmm. the aesthetic of horror. If that makes any sense. I'm I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I don't I don't like gore at all. It's the anticipation that something yeah. terrible is about to happen, and right. you don't have to see it happening to know that yeah. it's not good. I like paranormal more like paranormal stuff in the horror context. Yeah. And it's funny, I'm I'm obsessed with Grey's Anatomy right now. And one could argue that is horror because you're watching people's bodies get cut up all the time. But like in the horror context, I really hate gore. So it's it's a weird, yeah. That's that's so cool. I um I know what you mean, like horror, the horror aesthetic is its own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very goth. I enjoy it. Wow, I feel left out. I feel like I'm on the other end of it where I, I just love the slasher horror. Give me that cheese. Give me that, you know, um, you the know, guts and the blood. The, you like that, all that? You know, that uh, caro syrup, syrup blood that's just thick as, you know, like chocolate syrup. Just Ew. I mean, okay, so Ew, if, it's, if it's really campy and not realistic, yeah, then I, I could see myself enjoying it. Yeah, because it's, it's bordering on funny. Yeah, because it's so. It's like the spectrum is a circle thing. Like you get more horror, and then at a certain point, <laughs> it's like it goes back around. 
it's like uh, scary anymore. It's like how Nicolas Cage is a comedian. He doesn't even know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean at some point we basically started um cheering for freddie because he's just having so much fun yeah Aww. that is wholesome actually you no know, boys will be boys as they say right exactly yeah. everyone has hobbies plus on the upside they right, say most... to cultivate your passion sorry yeah. <laughs> don't let someone body shame you just because you have a lot of dead bodies in your room like <laughs> don't yuck someone's yum yeah this is a no kink shaming podcast right and 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 his yum just tends to be dead bodies yeah that's fine like and you know one one hand gloves yeah with long (laughs) spikes yeah Mm. it's kind of homophobic to not support homicide yeah (laughs) oh my god that was a that was a line drawn <laughs> between two points connected. Did not see that coming. I mean, oh, it's... homo. Okay, that took me a long time to understand. <laughs> I get it now. Oh my god, that took me a second. Wow, I'm, I'm still processing. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> Ten points Are to Nadia for wordplay. <laughs> Okay, where were we? Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, but but the one thing I do like about horror is that at the end of the film, usually the problem is solved. You know, these monsters are solvable problems, unlike our, you know, universal, um, omnipresent, all-crushing daily horror, which has no solution. Mm-hmm. True. It's very true. Painful no. smile right now. <laughs> you know you gotta smell through it all otherwise you'll cry right that's right yeah. <laughs> so no kidding oh geez <laughs> the other not long ago i was on the airplane watching a horror like a, i don't even remember what it was a horror film that was actually well done and terrifying and it was night i don't recommend anyone do that because you have to try not to freak out that sounds like not great yeah um, it's not the best choice um so yeah um cool so it's <laughs> where do we go from here i don't know <laughs> like, horror, I, mean, I mean if we, so speaking of horror tell us about your that time you got canceled in 2021 what happened oh oh uh so remember the yellow point community kitchen i mentioned earlier where we were yeah. delivering food to yes uh, activists um i was trying to solicit donations of food donations from different people and uh because at some point i thought i can't keep putting money into this there's literal food uh disappearing from the shelves and i also need to put food in my fridge at that point in time uh so i contacted a company um via social media that has a lot of Swana spices, very good like Swana branding mm-hmm. um, and foods that I would usually enjoy. I had no idea that this company had shitty politics. Mm. No clue, no clue. Uh, and then one day during lockdown, I was kind of depressed and I said, hey, maybe today's the day I do an unboxing video and just have fun with it. And I posted an unboxing video online on the Yellow Punk Instagram. And it went viral. 
like I'm talking oh, 24 hours. I think like 3000 people had shared it and it was growing. Oh, um, and people were angry that I was giving this company with shitty politics, a platform, uh, oh, anti-Palestinian company. Hmm. Uh, okay. I had no idea. I had no clue. Literally was yeah. seeking food out to feed people. And uh, a yeah. lot of people took screenshots of the video and uh, actually wrote in big red block letters saying traitor. Uh, oh on my Instagram God. And posting it on their Instagram and tagging me. Uh, it was a time where, uh, you know, I was living alone uh, and I would kind of like go a couple of days without talking to anybody. And that was like my, another form of human interaction for me. And it yeah. felt shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I don't like these like mass call outs without, you know, like no one bothered to ask no you questions. Like, did, you, did you know, like no one bothered to like DM you first and be like, Hey, just, just so you know. Yeah. Also, I mean, was it like in his, like an Israeli food, Israeli owned place? Cause they're like sneaky. They were not Israeli owned, but they were very staunchly like um, Persian anti-Palestinian company. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. 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 Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. I think we need to just cut each other more slack. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody knows everything all the time. Like, you, right. Yeah. And, and every other, every other like way that you have presented who you are and like the actions you've taken like it's like people are just forgetting all of that other stuff um because of this one bit video like I, that i don't understand it's like they have they've had multiple opportunities to like learn what you stand for and you you're very outspoken about your like beliefs and your values and like even through yellow punk like the description is you know it and there's also yeah. something about like how stuff goes viral. Like I saw something like no one expects their some people are trying to go viral, but usually it's by accident and you're not expecting to send it to like a mass audience. You're expecting it to send to your audience who has like context about who you are and yeah. what you believe in. And all of a sudden it's people who are not going to interact with that at all. And all they know about you is this like 30 seconds. Right um which is just it's just a whole different yeah. picture it's funny because somebody made a post saying we need to take down this corrupt institution i'm like what institution it's me yeah <laughs> what fuck uh but it was funny because the plan all along was to just feed people right uh yeah. and yeah. i had to post an instagram text like apology uh style text post on instagram saying didn't know about these politics. Mm -hmm. You need to feed people anyway, because we're not going to throw food or resources away. Yeah. And uh, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. And then posted that and said, direct action gets the goods. Wow. Keep pressuring them. I was like, all right. Okay. Jesus. This is uh, a game that I cannot win. And uh, if, if I yeah. don't sign up for it, uh, then maybe they will leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, hard. They'll find something new to get mad about next week anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, to, and just to be clear, like, it's totally fair to be like, hey, that company 
is shitty and tell somebody about that and it's fine to like apologize because you made a mistake it's just that it's the worst none of this was productive are assumed yeah. and there's no context involved and um yeah also weird like putting people on pedestals because they have some kind of a sizable platform and like way overshooting how much influence and power you think they have yeah, like calling you an institution yeah. rather than a human being. Yeah, I think we want to like, call this podcast an institution. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> even Which this podcast. Like, it's, it, it hasn't, I don't think it's come that particular rating has come in a negative sense. Um, it's a little flattering, but also like has, has people having high expectations of yeah. what a few people with a microphone can accomplish. Yeah, people have called us a company too. <laughs> That's with really our, funny. With our massive... <laughs> three figure a year budget <laughs> yes it is three figures a year <laughs> on a good year yeah 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 oh god yeah um, i just remember um i was just so confused because i didn't understand what was happening and i remember yeah. i learned about the feature where you can see how many people have shared the post and mm, it's like yeah was ref constantly refreshing split second refreshing refreshing yeah. like what is happening i've i've never seen this before we've never had this much engagement on social media uh, yeah. and then so i took the video down because i thought oh well people definitely don't want to see this they're telling me i'm giving this shitty company a platform i'm just going to take it down yeah somebody sent a dm and said i see you hiding your tracks <laughs> you're like what is what do you want then yeah, it's just, it, it's, uh, I feel like there's this uh, social media mob mentality that just uh, doesn't yeah. quit. And there's this like concept of piling on a person as a uh, constructive uh, mm -hmm. action when it's actually doing the complete opposite. And social media yeah, thrives absolutely. off of negative, negative interactions, period. Yeah. Yeah. We saw yeah. that in many social media reports, it's actually like bad for your brain because it will yeah. bump up the algorithm will bump up content that will make you angry because then people have trouble controlling anger and um they will yeah on because they feel like they're they're creating a change online but you're just feeding the beast honestly yeah, yeah and people say so much they wouldn't look someone in the eye and say um, and it's tempting you know, to well, say things like well you should just take advantage of the algorithm and you know i think we've joked once or twice about starting a, tw a beef with uh somebody but oh just for, yeah. like but it's it's exhausting what mm -hmm. if yellow punk and the queer arrows just like cancel each other for for news hey april horse is coming up <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that yeah. could be fun. And yeah. what if we like release the episode right after and be like, JK. I feel like that's going to get out of hand. Yeah. yeah. It's not. Um, anyway. Uh, well, okay. So with, with social media being designed as it is to reward um, things that make people angry and reward negativity, how, how are you deciding how you want to engage with social media um, either just as a person or in the work that you're doing or not engage with it. There used to be, um, at some point I used to kind of post about every single protest, every single fundraiser I could find all these things, but honestly, 
um, while I would love to share those things, I think, I think there are a lot of discussions that I'm just not ready to have some things mm -hmm. I will share because I know that the people who sent me those links are people I trust, but I, as one person as Rana with a full-time job during the day and evenings and weekends to do yellow punk stuff when mm -hmm. uh, I don't have plans with my friends or I don't have shows. I don't really have the time to go through and research every single thing somebody sends me. So there's yeah. some things I'm thinking, I kind of honestly don't want to deal with it. I have boundaries now, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so some things I'm just not sharing um, mm -hmm. because it will result in more labor for me. So I used to post things yeah. and just sit in fear of what kind of engagement this will produce. Yeah. Uh, just, I decided I, I do not have that mental capacity at all, especially like post um, uh, March, 2020, uh, when uh, we, March or May 20, March, 2020, right? March, 2020. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a time. Um, yeah. I just, you know, if, if I don't have the bandwidth to handle it, I will just not engage. Um, and yeah, that's okay. Whoever tells me that's not okay can do it themselves. Exactly. So. One time, do you remember that we had someone sh share something with us in our DMS asking for us to repost in our stories and I didn't respond for 24 hours and he followed with, Hey, assholes, blah, blah, blah. And he just went on this long, long tirade, like, you know, it's like, what do you, you, you think we're just sitting there doing nothing else. But I think <laughs> it's also like important to realize that you don't have to, you don't have to engage with those people. Like someone could just mm -hmm. sit there and call you an asshole, but like, also they don't actually have access to you, yeah. you know, like yeah. they can't. They can't make you post something. <laughs> well, what's funny is then he he did he did something, he like reported us on Twitter. And by doing that, Twitter actually sent us his entire like because he in his report he had to fill out his full name, address, phone number. I'm like, you just handed us this all this info. We're not doing anything with it, but it's like I was like, dude. But also that's really concerning to know that that's how it's yeah, it was actually good reports, to Because then, yeah. like, if somebody's being like, oh, I'm reporting this person for being for whatever racist issue. Yeah. or whatever, they're going to get your info. I don't think people know that yeah. that's what the result is. So actually, anyone listening, before you make a report on Twitter, just know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have many things about Twitter as a company now, but... Well, yeah. 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 This was even, like, before... Um... Before Elon got involved. Yeah. yeah. God, I wish yeah. I could say, I, I'll, say, I'll <laughs> say more when we're not recording about that because, yeah. I think anyway. there's also this culture of instant gratification and immediacy with social media. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people checking Instagram literally every single hour of the day, if not even more. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. Uh, well, it's funny because uh, when I was teaching in Philly, my uh, students laughed at me when I mentioned Facebook as a social media. Mm -hmm. They called me old. So I won't count that as social media, but I feel like there are all sorts of um, people who are looking at you as an entertainer if you're on social media, if you're posting, like that is your job yeah, um, to entertain them and respond to them and cater to their needs and their questions. You need to know all the answers to all the questions if you're on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
And that's not realistic. No, it's not okay. Do that. Uh, yeah. People are not corporations, even though corporations are sometimes people, apparently. <laughs> it's weird because it's like people expect you to be a corporation and a therapist at once. Yeah. It's a, it's weird to to expect both things. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. like their best friend, their therapist, and a corporation. <laughs> I think there's a weirdness, and I don't know exactly which end this starts from, but like individuals are expected to be brands. Mm-hmm. And then people who have any modicum of branding or professionalism are treated as corporations in terms of how people expect mm-hmm. accountability from them, which mm-hmm. those are just like very different things. Like you're not right. You don't need to go after one person with a podcast or a festival or a little art gallery space the same way that you go after MoMA. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But also I think like the whole influencer culture thing has kind of turned people into corporations in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm very anti-influencer culture. Uh, I, I say that often, you know, uh, mm-hmm. honestly influencer culture is, is bullshit. Um, and I've never once ever presented myself as an influencer of any type uh and people who think that i am will be sorely disappointed because i have (laughs) zero influence on anybody's (laughs) purchases or decisions in life yeah 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 i i feel a little i also have mixed feelings about that right because like i'm also not into that whole thing but i think i've also seen people who are putting a lot of free labor into what they're producing mm. on these platforms get a lot of flack for taking like a brand deal when they're like hey I just need a I need to pay for things you know mm-hmm. um so it's, it's just yeah existing in capitalism is weird it is <laughs> yeah yeah and honestly that was one of the main reasons I never really wanted like uh yellow punk to be a job because I was always worried about okay well in the arts sometimes you have to bend your mission or your language to match a grant applications language Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I didn't want to do that Uh, people will sometimes have to do that right because they have to to put food on the table and eat yeah um, yeah, have to pay oh. rent. My landlord oh. doesn't take, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, influencer follower numbers. <laughs> yeah, but but will they rent for you for exposure? No, <laughs> just COVID exposure. Fact, these days, uh, living back in in New York, uh, I try to uh, uh, have the least exposure to my uh, uh, immediate uh, neighbor buildings as possible because the windows are a lot closer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh so- yeah tempted a joke i'm sorry no i i got it. <laughs> exposure low <Yeah. laughs> it's funny because i looked up and i see the neighbor in the next building and i realized wait i need to close the curtain you got a little too much exposure <laughs> yeah. you know um, if i if i ever post this podcast to youtube i'm going to add a failed joke counter just because of this to every episode <laughs> None of them are failed jokes. They're really They're successful, successful jokes. Yes. Yeah. They've you know done everything only, there. Only my here. jokes will count as failed jokes then. Well, oh, no. Don't be hard. Don't do you. that. Don't yeah. do that to yourself. I think your jokes are really successful. Too. You're you are valid, Ellie. You are valid. <laughs> your jokes are very valid. 
and I'm yes. small. <laughs> oh yes, stroke my ego, please. I need that. Oh, you are very funny, Ellie. Actually, really. Yeah, you're... you are. You, I, your dry sense of humor is top notch, and your sarcasm. You have the kind of you have the kind of joke that hits three seconds later. Mm-hmm. Which is a very powerful kind of joke. Yeah, the one you have to process. The yeah. one that doesn't leave you. Also, exactly. it really helps with the international calls who are actually three seconds delayed. <laughs> <laughs> See? Well, with, you know, I don't know if, if uh, in, in your day you used calling cards uh, to call family abroad, but mm-hmm. those will literally eat up like three whole minutes or more, maybe like 15, 20 minutes, even though they say it's like a hundred minute card that you bought. Um, yeah it never was apparently <laughs> the dialing costs money and nobody tells you that yeah yeah i think it cost i think it cost me 15 dollars once to speak to my father for three minutes or something like that i remember how ludicrous it was i feel like that is like the longest running immigrant scam of all time totally yeah, yeah. are they still still uh, at it i i see them i see yeah, I see them yeah. in storefronts, like calling cards here. <laughs> like WhatsApp hasn't hasn't killed the business. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe if someone doesn't have a cell phone. Yeah. It, well, uh-huh. that and um, internet service isn't reliable everywhere. Lebanon. That's true. <sighs> yeah, and you have to call landlines. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, as much as as much as we love the internet, like this video call we're on is like you know, for each of the three, when, it's it's between the three of us, we're like probably three hundred kilobits each, and that's like one megabyte a second. That and that sounds like a lot. It's it's not, but because it's the internet, you have to go. Your speed is limited by the slowest connection between the two of you. So. It's like, well, my bandwidth is awesome. Your bandwidth is awesome. The connection we have in you know, bumfuck Kentucky sucks. So. Yeah. I'm happy and, to be living in the future. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I am stuck one hour in the past in Texas. We're beyond, we're well beyond the future, the Back to the Future second mu- movie already. That's true. That, that was sudden, that was 2015. Oh, wow. It's wild, yeah. Um, Where's my hoverboard? Where's I know. Leg? I feel so lied to. Um, I want they my did giant... predict Skype. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was going to say, I want, my, I want that badass Jaws like advertisement that eats people in the street. I know, the hologram. Yeah. Flying cars. I mean, the, the closest thing we got to like working 3D is the Nintendo 3DS, and that's like a decade old at this point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are virtual reality... Yeah, just VR. I guess they it's, didn't like It's us, not totally. eating people in the street. I, want I know. That I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. It's not fair. Ellie, Ellie says she wants to hit people in the street. Eat. <laughs> yeah, that makes it normal. <laughs> yeah, eat. Let's clarify. That makes it okay. That changes everything. Exactly. Hey, I'm sorry, hey, Judge. I'm, I'm just writing that, um, that Domler that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer influence wave, you know, everyone loves Dahmer, oh, God. so. God, Ellie. Oh, that got grim, grim quick. Ugh. Is he, did he engage in cannibalism? Yes. Okay. 
See, that's that, how, on that note, I do not like. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, same. I mean, exactly. I cracked that joke, but I also recognize that the whole trend is basically expo um, exploiting the victims of him and their families. Yeah. And, and the whole sexy Dahmer thing is gross, so. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But I still want my Jaws eating people in the streets. Well, yeah. We'll try to that was that was a wholesome Jaws yeah. like depiction in the in that movie. I thought it was pretty wholesome. Um, on that note, um, where can people if you want if you want people to connect with you online, where can people follow you or Yellow Punk? Secretly, all the Yellow Punk social media DMs just go to me. Okay. Um, People might not know that, but um, uh, there's also always yellowpunk at gmail.com that has always been there since okay. the beginning. Yeah. Uh, cool. And please join our newsletter because I'm trying to post less on social media. Oh, okay. I'll make sure I'm, I will make sure I'm subscribed to. Glad you mentioned that. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I like to send uh, pictures of food sometimes. Um, That's a great thing. I, I do a lot of like uh, food photo shoots in my window. Oh, that's so. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So you'll know what I'm eating those days when I send the newsletter out. That's the exposure we want. Yeah, food is some of the best model. Like food makes some of the best models. I agree. Huh. Another model we can... we can eat. Yes. <laughs> I can't. Uh, you can follow us at the Food yeah. Arabs on um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. Yeah. Check us out at thequeerarabs.com. Usual things. Don't report us on Twitter. Don't. Yeah, because then we'll get, we'll know where you live. Yeah. And, and don't eat you. A little creepy. Yeah. Don't eat people, Ellie. Yeah, that's the moral of this whole podcast episode. Don't eat people. Or I'll get canceled. And... Got it. <laughs> Been there, done that. Getting yeah. canceled by eating people. <laughs> <laughs> like I've done one of the two. <laughs> you want to guess? <laughs> yeah. Please, if you've done like, one of these three. Things. Next time you play two truths and a lie, you know two of yours now. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Wow. Queer Arabs sure know how to party. Yeah. I've been canceled. Slash, I have engaged in cannibalism. That can be two of your, your things. So, um, thank you all so much for listening. Um, bye. Bye. Bye bye.